Most people have heard of the Pareto Principle. The idea introduced as far back as the 1790s by Vilfredo Pareto, that 20% of our efforts produce 80% of results. Much later in 1951, in his Quality Control Handbook, Joseph Moses Joran, one of the fathers of the quality movement, expanded on this idea and called it the law of the vital few. His observation was that you could massively improve the quality of a product by resolving a tiny fraction of the problems. He found a willing test audience for this idea in Japan, which at the time had developed a rather poor reputation for producing low-cost, low-quality goods. By adopting a process in which a high percentage of effort and attention was channeled toward improving just those few things that were truly vital, he made the phrase made in Japan take on a totally new meaning. And gradually, the quality revolution led to Japan's rise as a global economic power. Distinguishing the trivial many from the vital few can be applied to every kind of human endeavor, large or small, and has been done so persuasively by Richard Koch author of several books on how to apply the Pareto Principle, the 80-20 rule, to everyday life. Indeed, the examples are everywhere. Think of Warren Buffett, who has famously said, our investment philosophy borders on lethargy. What he means is that he and his firm make relatively few investments and keep them for a long time. In the Tao of Warren Buffett, Mary Buffett and David Clark explain, Warren decided early in his career it would be impossible for him to make hundreds of right investment decisions. So he decided that he would invest only in the businesses that he was absolutely sure of, and then bet heavily on them. He owes 90% of his wealth to just 10 investments. Sometimes what you don't do is just as important as what you do. In short, he makes big bets on the essential few investment opportunities and says no to the many, merely good ones. Some believe the relationship between efforts and results is even less linear, following what scientists call a power law. According to the power law theory, certain efforts actually produce exponentially better results than others. For example, as Nathan Meervold the former chief technology officer for Microsoft has said, and then confirmed to me in person, the top software developers are more productive than average software developers, not by a factor of 10 times or 100 times or even 1,000 times, but by 10,000 times. It may be an exaggeration, but it still makes the point that certain efforts produce exponentially better results than others. The overwhelming reality is We live in a world where almost everything is worthless and a very few things are exceptionally valuable. As John Maxwell has written, you cannot overestimate the unimportance of practically everything. A non-essentialist thinks almost everything is essential. An essentialist thinks almost everything is non-essential. As we unlearn the one-to-one logic, we begin to see the value in pursuing the way of the essentialist. We discover how even the many good opportunities we pursue are often far less valuable than the few truly great ones. Once we understand this, we start scanning our environment for those vital few and eagerly eliminate the trivial many. Only then can we say no to good opportunities and say yes to truly great ones. This is why an essentialist takes the time to explore all his options. 
The extra investment is justified because some things are so much more important that they repay the effort invested in finding those things tenfold. An essentialist, in other words, discerns more so he can do less. A non-essentialist thinks almost everything is essential. An essentialist thinks almost everything is non-essential. A non-essentialist views opportunities as basically equal. An essentialist distinguishes the vital few from the trivial many. Many capable people are kept from getting to the next level of contribution because they can't let go of the belief that everything is important. But an essentialist has learned to tell the difference between what is truly important and everything else. To practice this essentialist skill, we can start at a simple level. And once it becomes second nature for everyday decisions, we can begin to apply it to bigger and broader areas of our personal and professional lives. To master it fully will require a massive shift in thinking, but it can be done.